right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we're just changing things up a little bit here. We're recording on the Thursday and dropping in here Thursday uh, late afternoon, early evening, just with uh, with everything that happened this week. We're a little behind the eight ball, and it was just a little bit of chaos. So uh, with no Thursday football, it just seemed like we can push it back and drop it on the Thursday. Um, Obviously, might throw things off a little bit on our schedule, but uh, we're here recording episode number 38. We've got Championship Sunday coming up. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of DFS talk as well. So uh, before we get started, um, we'll say hello to the fellas. Uh, we'll throw it over to our resident of Saskatoon there. Zach, how are we doing there today? Well, I'm doing okay. Took the class sledding this afternoon, and holy macaroni. I Now I know why my dad never took us sledding. <laughs> As kids, I am I'm sore. Holy smokes. Take advantage of the nice weather while we got it, that's for sure. Yeah, super nice out today. Armand, how we doing? Oh, you know, good. Uh I got a big basketball tournament this weekend. Uh whole four teams are able to make it. So uh that's just uh COVID for you. Hey? Just taking apart tournaments left, right, and center. But luckily we were able to scrape together enough teams to, to get a go at it and we'll each get get three games and it'll be fun it'll be a lot of fun to to hit the hardwood again after a few weeks of no games oh also actually we did play a game last night we beat the senior b boys um with the junior a's and so we were pretty pumped about that uh they're a lot bigger than us so we were expecting to get a little bit uh bodied up and and not be able to do our stuff but uh we decided to play full court defense all game long and it uh, worked out for us along with a little bit of Jordan's refing calling a, a foul at the end of the third quarter on a buzzer beater three. Yeah. I, uh, I was just going to say, I got to ref that game. I haven't ref many, well, many, if any basketball this, uh, this year. So that was my first one of the year just because I've been awfully busy and it was awesome two St. Mary teams. So I got to go to watch a little St. Mary basketball and ref at the same time. And yeah, that's uh, I don't have that call very often when, it was, it was so bizarre. He pulls up for the buzzer beater three. Everybody knows it's going to happen. And three guys contest them. Two go straight up. And the third basically makes a really nice uh, tackle at the goal line. <laughs> and absolutely stuffs this guy in the three line. So I'm like, yeah, well, we're shooting three here. And they're all yeah. two. All three are looking at me like this. Like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you went straight up. You went straight up. And you obviously spear tackled them. So that's the foul we're going with here. <laughs> I think he only took two of three, so he didn't quite complete the uh, the three for three there. But, yeah, it was fun you know, to be able to get back on the courts, and good yeah. luck this weekend for sure, Armin. Thanks, yeah. For a junior player, two out of three, I was happy with that. You know, it, it reminded me of, you know, that picture of Kobe where, like, five guys are all trying to block him on a buzzer beater. It was kind of like that, just all three guys there just in his face. You had that one kid. Well, their guys' full-court pressure kind of ripped him apart a little bit there. But you had that one kid. I think he iced the game. He won six for six for threes. Like he just caught fire and was like, holy <laughs> man, this kid can shoot the lights. <laughs> and of course they just leave him, leave him open sitting in the corner. And says like, you guys got to cover this guy and drive the backside collapses and then gets a kick to him. And yeah, yeah, I can start running the other way. Cause I know this is going in. Like <laughs> the kid just couldn't miss, but yeah, it was, it was fun to be a part of that. It's good. I love basketball and I do enjoy actually repping basketball, but it's just been with this year, it's just been too damn busy. So I'll, I'll take the small opportunities when I get them. Speaking of yesterday, obviously talking about Armin's basketball game was yesterday, but yesterday also was a big day. 
um, in the sport community and just, I think, just in, in, in the world in general. Uh, it was Bell Let's Talk Day. It's, a, it's an important day out there for everybody, focusing and bringing mental health to the forefront, especially with everything, excuse me, especially with everything going on this year in the world. It's, I think everybody can admit that at some point this so far in the last year and a half to two years, um, maybe you haven't felt yourself because of everything that's going on. You haven't been able to see your family, haven't been able to go through the things you have. And I know that's been tough on a lot of people mentally. Um, so I think this year, especially Bell Let's Talk, I think brings a lot of perspective for people that maybe didn't understand mental health or, or maybe said, you know what, I've never, I don't think I've ever had to deal with mental health. Uh, I think everybody in the world now at this point has, has at least experienced it for sure once or twice with, with this pandemic and the ability to not be able to do your day to day and, and obviously not see your family and it puts people in a, in a tough position. So Bell, let's talk, obviously it's an important day, but it's, it shouldn't be limited to just one day. Uh, it's one day out of the 365 days throughout the year, but uh, mental health should be the forefront, the remainder 364. So uh, I know on social media, there's lots of people doing the retweets for five cents. Um, Bell makes the donations and a lot of um, athletes and celebrities do the donations as well too. But um, obviously we talked about the mental health of, of the football player so far throughout the season. We talked about guys like Calvin Ridley, uh, guys that are taking, taking steps away from the game for a bit. Um, but I mean, it's, it's at the forefront and I think it's important for everybody to pay attention to. So it was a pretty momentous day and I did my part doing the tweets and the Instagrams and the Snapchats or whatever you call them. But uh, Bell, let's talk day. It's getting bigger and bigger every year, it seems. And hopefully, uh, hopefully that mental health stays at the forefront for everybody kind of moving forward. Um, before we get into the insiders and headliners, um, just a recap of our 306 charity uh, bracket challenge. Um, we have a few top teams. Nobody's, uh, well, we'll get to the games here in a bit, but after a, a wild weekend, nobody's undefeated anymore, but we have some teams that are pretty darn close. Uh, we have Joey Carrier uh, with nine correct guesses so far, sitting at the top of the bracket challenge. Then we have a log jam in second place with Robbie Gates, Lucas Wells, Kyle uh, Kremchinski, sorry uh, if I pronounced your name incorrectly, and Cody Upton all sitting there with eight. And then myself, Armand, and Avery Laguerre sitting with seven, a uh, couple points behind. So we got still three football games remaining, so a chance to kind of make some moves. Um, there's a wide variety of uh, people in there that have differing um, Super Bowl finales. Uh, so uh, there's a lot of moving to, to be done. So hopefully uh, Armin's wrong and I'm right and I can sneak my way up there. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. You what know, Jordan, you're, you're going to beat me because I have Green Bay going to win on the Super Bowl. So um, I think I only have Kansas City left making the Super Bowl. So I can only get up to eight. So Yeah, I can only get up to eight as well too. Well, nine, Woo. I guess. Because I can get oh. the Rams to win the NFC North or NFC Championship, and I get the Rams win the Super Bowl. But I had the Bills, so so I uh, yeah, I guess I can technically beat you, but it'd be by one. <laughs> <laughs> but I def I can only tie my brother, so he gets the bragging rights. I think on me, he he texts me, he goes, yeah, you know, I had a gutsy pick with the Bengals over Tennessee. I didn't think it's gonna happen. I'm like, yeah, bullshit. <laughs> That's a big pick, and uh, it's putting you in first place. And he goes, yeah, yeah. Is there any way I can uh, not win a jersey now? I'm like, I'm not telling you because I'm pissed off you beat me. So can't give him bragging rights yet, but he earned that one. He's got me pegged for sure. So uh, so congratulations to those that are still in the running here. Uh, big thanks to everybody that contributed. We were actually just talking about it before the uh, before we started recording. So I mean, it was uh, it's a big, big contribution to our charity proceeds. We have uh, a couple more opportunities. One big charity event for sure. We got our Super Bowl props bets and we got some big things planned for the Super Bowl coming up here. So uh, you're going to have to pay attention to our social media. 
Uh, we've got a couple big surprises and a couple big things uh, planned for the Super Bowl. So make sure you're paying attention to that. Now, speaking of, we'll get ourselves to the insiders and headliners. Um, we're not going to recap the games. So we'll do that in our weekly recap. But we got the AFC Championship set with the Chiefs versus the Bengals and the NFC Championship set with the Rams versus the 49ers. A nice little divisional matchup there. Um, it's actually going to be kind of crazy because it's the first time in 12 years that uh, we don't see Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers in a championship game, which uh, 12 years, <laughs> that's a long ways back. But uh, we might be seeing a turn of the guard here, but uh, it's going to be going to be a fun weekend of football this Sunday for sure. Um, the first piece of big news I think we're going to talk about is uh, officially this morning, he officially retired, uh, Ben Roethlisberger. He, uh, we speculated a little bit. We didn't know if he was going to do it or, or if he was going to announce it right after the conclusion of the game or what have you, but uh, he officially retired this morning. Um, I guess it's not a big surprise to us by any means, but uh, what a career it was. Two-time Super Bowl champion, NFC Offensive Rookie of, or NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year in 2004, six-time Pro Bowler, uh, two-times NFL Passing Yard Leader, um, most career 500 yard passing games. Uh, he's got a total of 5,440 completed pass attempts. Uh, he's got 418 total touchdowns, um, six, 64,088 passing yards. Quite the, uh, quite the career uh, for Ben Roethlisberger at age 39. And now I guess what the final question is, what does this mean for Pittsburgh moving forward? Not good things, I don't think. <laughs> um, looking at their their depth chart, there's Mason Rudolph, and I think we know what Mason Rudolph is. But at this point in time, yeah, um, a, a bent-in helmet from uh, <laughs> from the Cleveland <laughs> <Yeah>. Browns, <laughs> and uh, they got Dwayne Haskins, who you know showed a little bit there in Washington before being released. Um, and then they're kind of, I think they're sitting at the twentieth overall draft spot in a not a great QB draft uh, class. So they may get a shot at one of the, you know, one of the better guys, quote unquote. Um, and then I don't think there's going to be uh, many free agent quarterbacks. They To get a veteran quarterback, they'd have to go and acquire one. I don't know what kind of draft capital they have. And I, I don't off the top of my head know um, where they sit salary cap wise. So, they're kind of in no man's land. Well, right I can tell now. you, I can tell you, salary cap wise, they're definitely doing better than uh, the Packers and the Saints. I can tell you that much for free. <laughs> yeah, so am I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, uh, you're not wrong there. Um, so I'm gonna go through uh, uh, before we go through the hires of the upcoming season. Here, we we mentioned the New Orleans Saints. Um, there are speculations of Sean Payton possibly stepping away from the, uh, from the Saints. Is he going to stick around? Is he going to be gone? Uh, it has been confirmed yesterday that um, Sean Payton is going to be uh, taking a leave of absence. He, he says, I don't like the term retiring. Um, so I think what it is going to be is like a, a one-year hiatus. Basically, it was like, let's pay uh, Taysom Hill a buttload of money. And then uh, if it doesn't work out, I'm just going to bail because that's basically what it looks like here. But uh, what a, if this is the final end of his NFL coaching career, uh, what a career it was as well. 15 years in the organization, uh, obviously Super Bowl champs in 2009, uh, coach of the year in 2006, walking away with seven division titles and a record of 152 and 89. So uh, quite an impressive career for Sean Payton. Um, 
I don't personally think this is the end of his coaching career. I think this is going to be a, a short hiatus and, and then he'll end up on another coaching staff uh, somewhere, somewhere down the line, whether it's one, two years from now, but what do you guys figure? Do you think he's going to stick around or, or sorry, do you think he's going to come back or is it, or is this done deal? He's he mentioned- young. As far as uh, coaches go, like you look at uh, Pete Carroll there and he's a spring chicken. So. <laughs> yeah, not wrong. <laughs> Zach, you were saying something? He, he mentioned an interest in television. Um, while he doesn't have anything lined up yet, I think a lot of those uh, former players, former coaches that go to TV, I think a lot of them enjoy it. Um, he's still going to be around the game, obviously from a different perspective. And that opportunity to make uh, quite a bit of money is, is still there. Um, but Twitter would have you believe that uh, take this year off, then he'll end up somewhere in the Dallas Cowboys organization. Um, I don't know what the connection is, but a lot of people are drawing that uh, connection. Yeah, I was going to say, that's what the rumor mill is definitely pumping out there on Twitter. That's, or at least everybody's talking, trying to talk it into existence at least, yeah. but um it does leave that saints in a not ideal situation not that sean payton is going to make the world a difference because i think this the i think they're going to be terrible regardless this year but uh when you lose a a really good coaching mind on top of losing a hall of fame quarterback on top of losing well your best wide receiver um by no imaginations i think by no stretch of the imagination i think everybody knows that mt is going to be going somewhere else this season so that uh, that team offensively is not going to be great and I heard a lot of rumors that it's possibly a blow up they're just gonna try and deal everybody for what they can send Kamara out there and hit the full reset button so it'll be another one of those things that we fall in the offseason and have some opportunities to speculate but uh, the one thing I won't be speculating is how bad that offense is going to be because I just can't I just can't see them being very good moving forward um, a couple more things here before we get into our weekly recap uh, we have some hires here. Uh, I'm going to go through these relatively quickly, and you guys can uh, let me know if there's anything you want to throw in at the end. Panthers are hiring offensive coordinator Ben McAdoo. Uh, Giants hired former Bills assistant GM uh, Joe Schoen. I apologize if I'm pronouncing any of these names incorrectly. As their general manager, uh, Bears uh, hired Chiefs assistant director of player personnel Ryan Poles as their new GM. This one is a bit interesting because Poles was a free assigned as a free agent to uh, Chicago coming out of Boston College. So it's kind of come full circle uh, for Ryan. Uh, Vikings hired Browns VP of football operations. I'm not even going to try pronouncing that name. Kwesi <laughs> Odofu Menza, if I, uh, that's my best guess. That as seemed the, pretty good. Thank you. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it and run before anybody second guesses me um, as their new general manager. And the Jaguars are in the process. It has not been officially confirmed, but it is <laughs> as confirmed as you can get. Are trying to finalize an agreement with Byron Leftwich, uh, there to be their next head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So we have a few changes. We have a lot of speculations. Um, first interviews, second interviews, uh, negotiations back and forth. So we're going to have a few more coaching changes and GM changes moving forward here, but. Anything that stands, stand, basically stands out to you guys right now or anything that you want to mention or do you want to save it for when we kind of have a, a set picture? Well the, well, the coaching cycle in general is just getting, I guess, tired would be the word. Yeah. Um, just retread after retread. Um, today, the um, 
I saw Bleacher Report put out that the Jaguars are also doing an interview with Vic Fangio, formerly of uh, the Denver Broncos. Um, it's guys like Vic Fangio that get like second and third opportunities. Um, whereas guys, if I was in that position hiring a head coach, why not go for a, an unproven commodity, go for a, a relatively young, inexperienced OC or DC? Um, somebody like Michael McDaniel, the 49ers OC, Kellen Moore from the, the Cowboys, Eric Behenemy from the Chiefs. Leftwich, like you mentioned earlier, from the Buccaneers or uh, Dable from the, the Bills, instead of going for a guy like Vic Fangio, who three years in Denver led them to, what did I write down? Not one season over 500. Yeah. Like, why are we, why are we going for a retread when there is these, you know, younger guys? Like, are the young guy, is the young guy going to panel? Maybe not. But at least but we already... We already know what yeah. Fangio is. Yeah. Yeah. One. I agree with that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Erwin. Oh, I, and I was going to say just like, um, why not? Uh, like if, if you look at Sean Payton, if he becomes available, that's a guy you jump on, right? Because he's, proven. he's a proven commodity. He's proven, right? But uh, an older guy who isn't quite proven, has done, hasn't done much. Yeah. You, why, why bother when you could bring in something new, something fresh and, Hopefully, uh, hopefully a change in culture and and make a better team, right? Um, no, the one the one name talking about the retread, I guess, or the recycling that I'm really interested to see if he actually gets that second chance is Jim Caldwell. His name's been thrown around lots with uh, the Bears, former uh, former head coach of the Detroit Lions as of geez, I've been 2011, 2012 circa. Um, he was kind of a coach that had brought that team from really really poor poor performance to back-to-back winning records uh one season i think was 12 and 5 uh or 12 or 11 and 5 or something like that and then the next was let nine and seven but they made the playoffs of the wild card um but you look at a team like or a coach like that that well he was successful detroit cut bait because they couldn't win a playoff game and it turns out to that was a poor mistake because looking at the coaching staffs they've had prior um, prior to that firing or sorry, post that firing, we're, we're not very good until looking at the organization, they're starting to piece together now, but that would be an interesting hire <laughs> now being hired in, in interdivision. That would kind of suck to see, cause if I would wish him the best of luck and success, but uh, that's, that's an interesting one because that's like you said, a proven commodity while Caldwell had winning seasons, but they never got a, never got a look again after. So it'd be interesting to see a guy like that, what he can do with a, with an, a, a very talented up and coming quarterback. And that I sounds kind of like Bears, our Andy Reid story there. Yeah. Exactly. I actually think the Bears hired somebody today. Did they? Uh, they hired Matt Everflus, uh, the DC from the uh, the Colts. Well, there we go. Well, check yeah. that. Disregard. Well, Matt I still- Everflus kind of fits the bill of what we are talking about, a, an inexperienced coordinator. Um, he, he is in his 50s, and he's like 56, 57. I looked it up this afternoon, but uh, looking at the Colts' D and their stats, they were 17th in yards per game, 11th in rush yards allowed, 19th in passing yards allowed, and 10th in scoring defense. So they're they're taking a gamble on an inexperienced guy, but a guy that led, led a very like middle-of-the-pack uh, defense. The one, the one thing I actually didn't throw in here because I kind of forgot to 
um, was uh, what's going on in Denver. I know Zach, you threw the in the chat, threw it in the chat this morning, and we kind of joked about it. And I just like, oh man, I completely forgot to uh, throw it in the dock there. But uh, in the chaos that was today, but maybe you want to throw a little two cents about that because I think that has uh, some major impacts moving forward here. Yeah, the uh, the Broncos hired Nathaniel Hackett, uh, formerly the OC of the Packers, to be the the head coach of the organization. And it's not too hard to uh, draw strings and connect the dots. Um, Broncos bring in the Packers OC, and we all know there's a quarterback in Green Bay that's possibly looking to get out. Um, it wouldn't be a stretch of the imagination to see Rodgers end up somehow in uh, in Denver. Especially that was a destination that we kind of anticipated, right? But yeah, And it's... It's also the type of situation where uh, Rodgers is not a free agent. They'd have to likely trade for him. Yeah. I don't see the Packers cutting him. So there are those receivers that you could use to trade for Rodgers, and then you could possibly sign Adams. The rumors, there was also a rumor put out there that, um, or I should say, not rumors, a report that's put out. I can't remember who it was, uh, but it said that they're, that Rogers, Rogers and Adams would really like to play together in Denver was the report. And then there's it kind of snowballed from there. Now you're, you got to follow the money, right? You're following the money. Now there's a signing of a previous green Bay Packer to the Denver organization. There's the connection that's possibly Rogers to there. Now, if they get the young wide receivers in return, Denver's going to have to try and obviously replace those guys. So then are they, trading for the rights of Adams and then they can try and franchise tag them or are they going to try and sign him like is it going to be a franchise tag and trade or are they going to try and pick him up in in free agency after having to move some of these young receivers like you can see like a guy like Jerry Judy could easily be included in that trade because he's still on his rookie contract and it's going to cost the Packers nothing to retain him for the next couple of years you can see a guy like that being moved in that deal pretty easily yeah what a what a fluster cluck though of the start to the league year because you can't officially trade Rodgers until that like March 17th the the league year and then you trade Rodgers and then now you have to wait to negotiate a contract with with Adams I think a lot of a lot of teams and a lot of players in that situation will be playing the waiting game if that's how it works out that the first day of the league year waiting for that Adams domino to fall before you know guys make their their contracts or before guys sign contracts like i can't see them signing adams based on how their cap space is if rogers leaves they can't sign adams like you gotta be able to you gotta you gotta i mean you franchise take them and trade them but the franchise take comes with a pretty hefty price too as uh as a top five receiver in the nfl um but obviously they don't have the cap space to retain him. And why are you retaining him if you're almost in this quote unquote rebuild, right? I know the report was Green Bay doesn't want to do a rebuild, but you're saying that so you can retain Rogers. He just finished saying, I'm not doing a rebuild. Yeah. So it, and it, does Adams even want to come back? Exactly. That's why I'm, that's kind of where I was getting to was you're going to do him really dirty and you're going to be in an Allen Robinson situation where you franchise take a guy that doesn't want to be there. It's uh, yeah, it's, it makes for a lot of fun conversations here, potentially coming down the stretch before obviously free agency and signing and trading and all the good stuff that's going to come with that. But a um, couple pieces here I'll throw out there. Um, 
no, nothing really uh, impact. Well, I shouldn't say nothing really, but nothing major impacting our upcoming games here. Uh, Debo Samuel knee monitoring that a little bit. Uh, he didn't practice on Wednesday, but we're going to continue to monitor that. He took a shot to the knee at the end of the, the Packers game. Just um, monitoring that a little bit just to make sure he does play, obviously, in the Rams game. Uh, Chiefs waving Josh Gordon, uh, but the intention is to sign him to the practice squad. Uh, so, obviously, if you're playing DFS, he's a cheap option. He's still on the DFS options. Don't don't put him in your lineup. He's not going to be playing. So And uh, Tyron Matthew in the concussion protocol. And then this one, uh, just um, worth a comment of, what, obviously, why he didn't finish the game. A.J. Dillon fracturing his ribs in the loss to San Francisco. Obviously, that's not expected to be lingering into the upcoming season as D- Dylan's season is over. Uh, but obviously, uh, kind of a, a two cents to why he wasn't uh, in the game towards the end of the playoff game. Uh, anything to mention on those there, fellows, or she gets the weekly recap? Good to go. Weekly recap. Yeah, Armin didn't want to talk about AJ Dylan. Hey, write that one on the calendar. <laughs> um, hey, you want me to talk about him? I'll, I'll just say, hey, that <laughs> fractured rib, not too bad. We saw Cam Akers come back from it last year within like three weeks. Of course, we now know that he heals superhuman fast. Yeah. But um, well, and AJ the fact Dillon, that Dylan looked good too. He looked real good in that game. Yeah, that was unfortunate. I had him in the our DFS there for that game, and it it stung a little bit to see that happen. But you know, he'll be raring to go next year. There you go. There's your AJ Dillon time. Uh, weekly recap. We got the Aaron Rodgers. We talked about that a little bit. Uh, Burrow and McPherson. Did you guys hear what uh, Burrow or what Mc, uh, McPherson said to uh, Burrow before he kicked? Yeah. Just a couple of big nut boys there. No Holy kidding. Smokes. We're getting ready to win the game. Well, possibly, right? 52 yarder here. And McPherson looks at uh, Burrow and goes, Well, I guess we're going to the AFC Championship. <laughs> like they haven't even kicked the ball yet. And they're already celebrating. They're going and that's your kicker. Like, man, just stones of steel, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, and then it was right up the middle. Like, he couldn't have put it down center any more than it already was. I was on my way to Flin Flon. Uh, I was reffing hockey on a Saturday. So, obviously, no cell coverage. So, I couldn't even stream the game. As soon as we got into Flin Flon, I was like, man, the game might still be on. I put it on zone right away. Timed it perfect. I literally got to watch the final kick. They were just <laughs> about to line it up. So, I got to watch the game conclude. So, that was that was my two parts of that, but then I know the reports coming out after, and oh man, that's fun. A young swagger team. like that is dangerous, guys. What's that? Dangerous swagger like that is dangerous. Like if they're they're feeling that confident, that they're a dangerous team. Then I want to see them in the Super Bowl so bad. I I I, I don't know if it's gonna happen, but I want to see it so bad. That young team, just a lot of fun to watch and a lot of talent. So it's gonna gonna be a fun team to watch for a lot of years. But it'd be cool to see them make that run right off the hop. You don't get that experience and experience uh, experience down the, down the stretch as a young team is hard to come by. So um, this one's going to, this one's interesting. I want to hear what uh, Zach has to say about this one. TB 12 coming out and saying, you know, it's, uh, it's been hard for Giselle to see me get, uh, get hit night in night out and hard on the body. And it's not fair to me to be away from the kids and the kids need a dad. And so, you know, I'm going to take this, uh, this off season, to really think about uh, what I'm going to do moving forward. And I don't know. Do you think this is the end of TB12 there, Zach? Or do you think we'll see him for one more go? He's been talking um, along those lines um, after after each season. Um, you know, a few years prior to him leaving the Pats, um, I do think he's fairly introspective. And I think he was, um, you know, I'm sure at the end of this season, there's a lot of, 
feelings and emotions that you're that you're going through and disappointment and all that but uh I wouldn't be shocked if he comes back um for you know one more ride um yeah I don't know I think a competitor like Tom uh probably doesn't want to go out on a loss like like they had um I just don't think he wants to end it on that note yeah, getting blown out. And it was just about an Atlanta situation all over again. As yeah. a Stafford fan, I'm watching this game and I'm just like, oh my goodness, what is happening? Akers just putting that game up on a platter for the missing <laughs> mic. And that, that game was just, I was like, this game is going to be impossible to beat. There's no way this game gets beat. It was just such an entertaining finish, especially that second half, I would say. Probably the, the tail end of the third and then the fourth quarter was just bizarre it was just bananas like i was just i, I was i was getting anxious watching it <laughs> like it was just so much fun and then we obviously know what happened in this next game like that the next game bills chiefs first of all that's an instant classic that might be hands down the best game of football i've ever seen in my entire life for me think, it was the best non-patriot game it was the most yeah, fair. fun i've had watching a non-patriot game i haven't had a lot of excitement watching lions games the last couple <laughs> of years so i can't really go that direction but like it reminded so, so, me obviously of that rams kc game of 2018 that we we've referenced that game a lot but that was just such a fun entertaining game but to put it into perspective of a playoff situation where it's do or die you're going home 13 seconds like are you kidding me 13 seconds to pick up 65 yards or whatever they needed to kick that 43 yarder, like unbelievable. But I guess this is where I want to go with this conversation. I think we talked about this a little bit already, but I have said several times, I despise the NFL's overtime rules. I despise it. And if you go on Twitter, you went on any sort of sports broadcast, this was the talk of the town after. If you didn't watch the game, first of all, I'm sorry for that. You better go back and watch the game. Um, but it just seemed like whoever got the ball is going to win. It was just automatic. Because I think every possession for the last like eight possessions was score. It was just back and forth, touchdown, touchdown. I think there ended up being like 20-something points scored in the last like minute and 15 seconds. It was just absolutely insane. Uh, so going into overtime, coin flip. Bills lose the coin flip. Casey elects to keep the ball. Score, game over. Uh, I was, I mean, I think at that point, if the Bills won the coin flip, they were winning the game. That's just kind of how it was playing out to be. Um, but then the conversation and came out of it was, what do you think should – and should the NFL change their overtime rules or not? And Roger Goodell already came out saying, you know, that that's, some, that's a point of discussion. They're going to have this upcoming off season. Um, but I want to hear what you guys think. I'll, I'll, I'll share my two cents after, but I want to hear what you think. Let's start with, uh, start with Zach and then we'll go to Armin. So I'll be a little bit unconventional, right? Like he, I think the, the consensus is that people want more of a CFL college football style overtime. I'm going back to like XFL style. Okay. So I want, first of all, big fan of the MTV show, the challenge, my favorite competition <laughs> in the challenge is hall brawl. That's what I want overtime to be. I want hall brawl. All right. So you have a very narrow passageway where two people full speed run at each other and they just try to run each other over kind of like an Oklahoma drill for <laughs> football players and, Whoever gets to there and rings the bell on the other side first wins. That's what I want, but I want it Mad Max style. So I want the hall to come down from the Jumbotron, Thunderdome style. I want Roger Goodell somehow to be at every game dressed up as Tina Turner from Thunderdome coming down. Two men and, enter, one man leaves. Yeah, exactly. 
And I want it call out style. The home team gets to say, all right, I want freaking, I don't know. I want Cole Beasley competing for the other team. And then the other team gets to call out who they want to go in. Do they call out COVID-19? Cause I think, uh, I think the bills <laughs> lose in that one. <laughs> yeah. We choose That's the vaccinated. I want. <laughs> I want best of five hall brawl. Uh, Roger Goodell in that full silver sparkly leotard that team internal award. Imagine, imagine doing it like kicking for dollars, like not very entertaining, but the pressure on those poor kickers. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. It'd be so good. What do you want? Like what a, do you want? It's like a crossbar challenge from the, you gotta hit the bar. Well, bears win. 50 yards, 50 yards. And you just keep on going back. Well, you know, shot. the bears are going to hit the bar every time they're going to double doink the bar. <laughs> yeah. What do you want, Armin? Let's hear your thoughts. You know, I saw a tweet where the person was saying, uh, use the coin flip from the the start of the game where you predetermine who gets the ball at the start. And I think if you do that, I think instead of like Zach referenced the XFL there, if you go to that, then you got to go to the XFL rules for, for coin flip instead and have a have a race for for the ball to to see who gets the the coin flip um but in all seriousness for actual football sake i i'm a fan of the the cfl rules in overtime where you each get a possession um and you uh they they go from the 35 yard line right well you could go from wherever you want like really in the CFL, yeah, but the CFL goes to the CFL. thirty-five. I think the I think college goes to twenty, right? Closer. Yeah, it's like yeah. red zone. Yeah, so you do that. You have offense go. If they kick a field goal, then the the second team on offense knows they got to score a touchdown to win, um, tie it with a field goal type of thing. Um, kind of gives advantage to the second team a little bit. Um, if they get stopped, then all you got to do is kick the field goal to win. Um, but it's uh, it puts more onus on offense and defense where you have to have both to still win the game. Whereas like you watch a game like we just watched where neither offense can be stopped. It's pretty and clear. Who's and the defense win. was gassed. Like the defense yeah. was just running sprints for two minutes. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's not even like, a, well, you gotta, gotta be able to play defense. Well, both teams had a hot offense and neither could play defense that game. So you, you got to be able to see both all facets of the game pretty well in, in overtime and to make it a, a true um, fair and, and more entertaining overtime as well. Um, yeah. That's my two cents yeah, on it. I, I agree. And then you can go for one, the first one then. And if you go into a second overtime period, you have to go for two every time. Like I think it's so at yeah. the end of the day, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I listen to a lot of analysts and Twitter stuff. Then like, people that mean a lot to the game of football, I wanted to hear what their takes were because it was really interesting because actually, actually there's quite a bit of polarizing conversations like, oh, it doesn't matter what's fair. It doesn't matter what's fair. It's what the rules are. And it's like, okay, like, let's let's relax there, Boomer. Like, we can have a good time here. <laughs> so my two cents is, yes, defense wins championships, but offense sells tickets. Nobody's talking about the Bengals, Titans, was it 13-11, whatever final it was, you know, like, defensive absolute slug Bengals got sacked nine times nobody's talking about that football game everybody's talking about the bills and chiefs and an offensive madness 
yes, defense wins the championships. I get that. That was a direct quote from Keenan Allen. He says, you know, defense wins championship. People forget that. Don't change the rule kind of thing was his two cents. But at the end of the day, as the average consumer that watches football, we watch to be entertained. We want entertainment. And offense creates entertainment. Same as the NHL. They reduced the size of goalie pads. They made like everything better to be more goals, more goals, get the game faster, more entertainment. Yes, I, I enjoy watching defense too, but it's thrilling watching two teams put up about 100 points in a game. Going back to the KC Rams game, I think it was 112 points were scored in that football game. Like that's exhilarating. That is so much fun and it's cheering, it's fireworks, it's entertainment. Why would you not want more entertainment, more opportunities to score, more opportunities to celebrate. If you're giving both teams the ball from the 10-yard line, 20-yard line, doesn't matter. You start in the red zone. You're pretty, basically guaranteeing a, a field goal. Look back at that college game, Zach, we were watching. It was uh, Purdue and Tennessee, right? Oh, yeah. It's yeah. Fourth, fourth and one. Fourth and one on the goal line. You could kick the field goal and go ahead. They decide to go for it because they got the first ball and they don't want to make it easy for the other teams like go for it and they get stuffed when the all Purdue's got to do is kick the field goal they win they kick the field goal game's over but it just it's entertaining right look at this how the NFL's going more teams are going for it on fourth down it creates excitement now as Roger Goodell as a businessman as a as somebody that runs one of the richest organizations in the world why would you not want to create more revenue and more excitement so for them to resist this I would be very shocked because it's going to create more excitement that game could have went on until four in the morning and everybody was going to watch. They're going to watch Patrick Mahomes and they're going to watch, um, I almost said Joe Burrow. They're going to watch uh, Josh Allen go back and forth and score 400 touchdowns because that was the pace of the game. That was what's going to happen. And I could have sat there and watched that game for another hour and a half. No problem. And yeah. I understand the whole punting it back and forth. That's boring. I don't want, I don't want another overtime period and keep going till the final score. I get that. That's a prolonging the game, but let's make the game longer with exciting possessions starting automatically in the red zone that's exciting that's that creates excitement in the game that's my two cents and i've been saying that for a long time i think they need to change that but we'll we'll see what happens this offseason what do you think of that like i i i think whatever yeah defense wins challenge no, i i agree good. with you jordan and and with like if a team marches down scores right away the excitement of of that score is huge but then there's still the buzz of the other team hasn't possession to go score as well. This game isn't over. It makes it more exciting all the way through. Um, no matter who scores, it's it's always like, oh my god, is the game over? And I don't know. Let's see what happens, right? It's it's fourth and fourth and four from the 12 yard line, and it's like, oh my goodness, is the game gonna be over? They pick up five yards, it's first first to go. Like it's just you're on the edge of your seat constantly. I get it. Punting back and forth is boring. It's prolonging the game because you kind of want to play it safe, right? You don't want to make mistakes. There's no, there's no opportunities to play it safe when you're starting first and goal. Like, I don't know. That's, that's my two cents. Like we're obviously talking hindsight and, and foreshadowing or guessing or whatever you want to say. Right. But I, I just think to make the game more exciting, right? It's like they, they tried to make the, was it touchback rule that changed two years ago, three years ago to try and encourage more teams to try and return the ball. Um, or not kick it through the end zone, I suppose, try and create more excitement, right? You talk to lots of people and they talk about, well, why do teams, why do they even punt the ball? Why do they even kick the ball off, right? You talk about fair catch rule or you talk about kickoff. How many of them are touchbacks? Well, let's make the game more exciting, right? Let's, I don't know. That's just, that's my two cents. That's my rant of the day, I guess. 
<laughs> um, yeah, I do have a question to pose you guys about yep. the Bills Chiefs game. It should be a quick and easy question here. How much would you pay knowing that the game would be like that to go watch it live? Like if you knew going into it, this is going to be the game, 100% guarantee it's going to go into overtime. It's going to be extremely exciting. How much would you pay to watch that? Well, I guess with no attachment to either team, I don't know, but I, I'd pay probably a thousand bucks for sure just to be entertained. But at the same time, are you paying a thousand bucks to get doused in champagne by Mahomes' wife there? Because that was the controversy after the game too. Oh man, <laughs> there were a little two cents in there too. But I don't know, I'd, I'd pay a thousand bucks probably. Like, I mean, that might be cheap, but I don't have any sort of emotional investment. If I'm a KC fan or I'm a, I'm a Bills fan to ride that roller coaster, I'd obviously be paying a lot more, but I think a thousand bucks is a pretty good to experience that game live. Okay, so if it was the Lions and they won, that, well, that I would be paying. I'd be paying as much money as I have in my bank account. Also, confirming <laughs> right now, boys, I haven't told you guys this. I dropped in the pot a while ago, saying that I I figured it out, but um, I got official notice that I didn't think I was going to get it. But I got official notice: twenty five G's getting dropped in the bank account next week. Holy. I didn't think I didn't think I was going to get it because because you needed to have to finish school within certain parameters, and I didn't fit that parameter. But then I wrote a little letter just asking to be um kind of uh grandfathered into this and got the confirmation today 25 g is getting dropped on tuesday so beauty i'm going out for dinner tonight that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> so the twenty i i'd go to see the lions win super bowl that's uh yeah. that's my final answer <laughs> and you zach if it was the pats and they're guaranteed that entertaining win yeah like the uh like 2019 when the pats won in overtime against the chiefs yeah i would have you know I'd have sold the farm for sure. To or is he going to come but... back against Atlanta too, like Super Bowl? Like that's, I remember sitting uh, well, next to you. I would have died. Game. I would have been dead. I, I remember sitting next to you during that game in Germs' basement. And I'm like, this guy's soul has left his body. Like, he couldn't <laughs> yeah. be more in that coach. <laughs> um, yeah. But like, like uh, JC said there, with no real attachments to either teams, I would have paid less. I'd like, I don't know, 200 bucks. I don't know. I had a pretty good time watching it at the host. You know, it was fine. <laughs> yeah. Pause the game. It was, wasn't cold. Go to the bathroom. I was still on the edge of my couch regardless. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, no attachments. I'm not paying much. What about what you, you, Armin? What, what, yeah. about, what if it was the Vikes, Armin? What about you? Oh, you I know I won't I'd... tell Kylie. Sell <laughs> <laughs> Griffin. No, just kidding. <laughs> Even I would, uh, I would probably empty the bank account, although it's not very deep, but, uh, <laughs> empty it, yeah. yeah, empty the bank account on the 19th. That's there's not much in there until the 20. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. Um, let's get to the studs of the week here. Uh, mine's a no brainer. I threw in the chat right away. We gotta, we gotta put this kind of profile here. So I'm going Gabe Davis broke the record for the most uh, touchdowns and the most points put up in a NFL playoff game. Uh, obviously, Gabriel Davis, wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills, putting up 48.1 fantasy points. He put up a ridiculous eight receptions for 201 yards and four TDs. Now, also doing so, if you played FanDuel this week and you put him in your lineup, congratulations, you won money because he produced 9.1 times his value meaning that he cost $5,300 and put up 9.1 times that in comparison to other players. Uh, he was the number one point getter on the week. 
Uh, he was first player to ever get the four touchdowns in the game, and he was monstrous. And then Twitter blew up on Gabe Davis and what his fantasy value is going to be next season, and it's going to be an unbelievable conversation this offseason. So it was fun to watch. The conversation or group chat was, let's just throw it to Gabe Davis because you know he's going to be open. And somehow he found himself open every single time. So Gabe Davis, congratulations on a heck of a game. Unfortunately, didn't uh, finish the way they anticipated, but he is regardless my stud of the week. Uh, Armin, or sorry, Zach, my apologies. Zach first, then Armin. All right, so uh, my stud is Aaron Jones. Uh, 41 rush yards, nine receptions, <clears throat> pardon me. Uh, and 129 receiving yards, good for uh, 21 and a half fantasy points. But uh, the conversation I wouldn't mind having with you fellas right now quickly is what does his future look like? Uh, I think we've referenced it a few times in the past, uh, Aaron Jones versus uh, A.J. Dillon. Um, he is signed, Aaron Jones, that is, is signed until 2024, and if he was cut this offseason, um, he would have only a savings if he's cut before June 1st. He'd only have a savings against the cap of $750,000 uh, in savings against the cap. Whereas if he's cut after June 1st, he has a savings of $575,000. So the, the reason it's important uh, with the June 1st distinction is after June 1st, your free agent options are next to none. Um, so the savings there aren't as effective pre-June 1st. Um, but in the future, if they cut them after this year or after the upcoming year, huge savings against the cap. Like we're talking $12 million in savings against the cap. So what do you guys figure if, uh, is he going to be on the Packers next year or do they, do they pull the plug and try to save some money? Well, I think we already know what Armin wants, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I honestly like AJ Dillon was the better running back this year. Statistically, it doesn't show that like obviously AJ Dillon finished, I think as the running back 28 on the season or something like that, uh, where, um, where Jones finished as RB 12 or 11. I just put, I just put it on a social media the other day and I can't really remember off the top of my head, but those numbers are just like, you look at those numbers and you can't believe it. Part of it's to do with the big names that were injured. And so he, he ended up being an, an RB one on the season, but um, if they rebuild, they're going to look at every opportunity to try and save money. And if you're going to save money, cutting him and saving that finite major financial dollar is going to be obviously their priority and should be their priority. And because you have a rookie or not a rookie, a young running back on a rookie contract who showed that he is incredible. He's the better pass catcher. In my opinion, he's the better runner. In my opinion, he's younger, he's healthier, and you can run and build a rebuild around a cheap running back. Why would you not do that? And then Arvin's head would absolutely explode with a AJ Dillon RB one season. But I, I don't know if they can move on from him. Like the, I mean, they can, but it's going to be, it's going to have to be a blow up if they do. So I, I, I don't know. It's uh, I, I think he's still going to be there next year for, for fantasy. I hope he departs because then that's a, a decent fantasy option on another organization. And AJ Dillon can, we already know what we have in AJ Dillon with him being the lone running back. That's another 
huge fantasy option. So I do hope he departs, but I just, I, I don't think it does. I don't think it happens. What about you, Armin? Here is what I'm thinking that could make it a little bit more likely. You think about Rogers likelihood of leaving. I I'm not saying Jones is going to necessarily follow Rogers, but you got to feel like he's not that young, right? He's 27, which is older for a running back. Like you're starting to get near the twilight of your career. Um, a lot of running backs are starting to end their career at 30 these days. Right. Or even before that, um, he's, he's smaller. So you can take that the way you want with it either being, he might last a little bit longer cause he's not putting as much pressure on his body, but being smaller frame, he's taking hits and it might be harder on his body. Anyways, um, he might want to not be part of a rebuild as well. Um, so if Rogers leaves, Aaron Jones probably doesn't really want to stay. He probably would want to leave and try and find a team that is competing. Um, if that would be if I was him, right? Um, but you don't know what's in his head necessarily, but that is a, a thought to ponder. I think it's interesting to consider if they do keep him and they move on from Rogers, like they can't depart Aaron Jones, but Aaron Rodgers does leave. We might be seeing a situation in Denver where uh, they have the veteran running back that they have financial ties to along with a talented rookie running back. And they split those two exactly down the middle where I think it'd be interesting to see that they might just obviously pound Aaron Jones into the ground and conserve AJ Dillon a little bit. So that way when Aaron Jones does depart and they can financially cut him, uh, you have a fresh running back with less tread on the tires where you're going to commit to the guy you paid a lot of money to and just absolutely bury him. So that's an interesting conversation to have when we get into draft season, because that is a, <laughs> that's in the world of possibilities for sure. Man, going into a step further, they could pound him into the ground at the beginning of the season and try and trade him being like, look at the season he's having. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I think you're right too. Especially if they're in a rebuild. What do you think? They're yeah, I think they'd be, I think they'd be hard pressed to find a trade partner considering um, like the year, like after next year, 2023, he's due 19 million. Like who's going to want to take on a running back making eight and a half percent of the cap at 28, at 28 years old. Yeah. The Jets. 29 years old. There's like 29. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Jets. Um, well, Michael Carter looked actually Michael pretty Carter, interesting. Yeah. So. And then uh, the, uh, the right. idea there of running Jones into the ground for a year to save AJ Dillon. That gets you to AJ Dillon's final year of his rookie contract. Then you're you're almost in a similar position where you just burn his tires and then you just go find another guy, right? And you're almost saving Dillon for, I guess, for a, a cheap sign for, for somebody year. else. Yeah. 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 Um, I think this contract was it's gonna be hard to get out of. Yeah. It, and it's and now you I mean hindsight's always 2020, but it's an interesting sign now when you look because they thought Jones was going to walk and he was going to be one of the more interesting free agent signs, possibly going to Miami was kind of a lot of the considerations. Now it's the sign of this big contract. And it's kind of, it's definitely burning some holes in their pockets. Now I think it's going to be tough for tough for green Bay to navigate the waters with that one. And on uh, over the cap, if you, if they trade them before June 1st, they still only save $750,000 this year. Yeah, so nothing. Yeah, like really to to save that amount of money for the production you're going to lose, probably not not that good of a deal. No. 
Um, Armin, you want to talk about your stud of the week? Yeah. So uh, I went Tyree Kill for mine, 11 catches, 150 yards, and one TD with a peace signs in the air for 27.5 fantasy points. Um, you know, he, he was a little quiet, but at the end of the game, he turned it up. And um, again, I got to give it to a huge playoff clutch performance as I have been throughout all the playoffs so far. And Tyree Kill was clutch in that game, scoring the that TD late and then also being part of the drive that uh, got them the, the tying field goal as well. So how we didn't get fined or not fined, sorry, flagged for throwing up the deuces when that's been an absolute point of emphasis all season. <laughs> and it says right in the description, example, putting up the P sign as seen by Tyreek Hill. And then he does it and the rest didn't flag him. I'm like, oh, here comes a flag. Never mind. <laughs> He's just going to celebrate. Yeah, that was wild. Oh, I was so worried that was going to, that flag was going to come out there and it's a, no, it's a dead ball show. foul after anyway. So it just would have gone to the, either the kickoff or the uh, PAT, but still. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, I guess we're going to be going into our pickums here. Um, but before we get into our, uh, our playoff pickums, uh, you can just, uh, find your way down to limitless gear off central Ave and you can, uh, pick up a hoodie or pick up a toque, a hat, Whatever it may be, the weather's getting nice right now. It's uh, hot weather. I'm wearing my limitless hat right now. Um, my buddy came over to help me fix my truck the other day. No brainer. It's cold out. What was he wearing? Limitless gear toque. I even pointed out, I was like, hey, that's a nice little toque. Oh, yeah, man, I love it. Uh, it's it's uh, it's going like crazy here in Prince Albert, uh, the limitless gear. I've even uh, seen a little bit of uh, little limitless gear posting stuff on their social media. Uh, lots of people wearing it, products in stock. Uh, we've talked it up like nobody's business here uh so take our word for it take the several several people you see ripping around saskatchewan in limitless gear product uh it speaks for itself and uh, once you get the product you'll be able to speak for it as well too so limitless gear uh brand about bettering yourself and believing the possibilities are endless uh if you set your mind to it so find yourself down in prince albert or on their online stores and be able to support the gear the 306 way uh now moving into our playoff pickums uh we have the kc the two seed taking on cincinnati the four seed um i so desperately want to say uh cincinnati here because they're just uh, the young team you know and want to go non-chalk but i think i have to chalk it up i was going to take the winner of that bills kc game regardless my bracket said bills i thought it was going to be bills it should have been bills uh but uh i will take kc uh in this matchup armand um, you know, going pretty vanilla here. I'm exactly like you where I, I do want to see Cincy take this one. I think out of the two games where there could be an upset, I think this one's the more likely upset that we'll see. Um, it should be an entertaining game, especially if the Chiefs defense plays badly like they have been. Um, but, you know, uh, it's just it'll be a bit of a shootout, but the Chiefs are going to prevail there. They're more clutch. Well, actually, maybe not after that Joe Burrow McPherson talk, but yeah. yeah, no kidding. I hope it's a shootout. I hope it's a shootout at least, and I just hope it's a really entertaining football game. Yeah, Zach, who do you got? Yeah, same as you guys. Um, like you said, I don't know how it doesn't become a shootout. Um, seeing what both teams have the potential to do, so uh, this is the 
the game of the two that I'm looking the most forward to watching on the weekend. I like what Armin said. It's the most likely to be an upset because this next matchup here, uh, Rams four taking on San Francisco six. Um, San Francisco, you had your fun, uh, but now you have a nicked up Debo Samuel, who they've relied on rather heavily. Elijah Mitchell is still nicked up. Uh, you got Jimmy Garoppolo, who is average at best in my mind, but still battling the hand injury and the thumb injury. Uh, you got a nicked up Joy Bosa. It's just, if they win this game, they're defying all odds. Uh, I think this is as close to a lock as you can get, especially with the Rams team that is just clicking in all cylinders offensively and defensively, other than, I guess, giving up the TB12 comeback at the end. <laughs> but um, I, I honestly, so before we get to, I'll, I'm picking the Rams, so I'll sell that now. But before we go on to your guys' pick, did you see that um, Detroit Lions fan wearing his Stafford jersey and screaming at the TV to get the Rams to spike the ball? Like he was like, I think it made his rounds on a lot of different platforms, but he's like, spike it! Yeah, like he's like screaming in his living room and he's like jumping up and down like going absolutely bananas i spike and he's like yes yes like that that video i probably had a bet you 15 people send it to me or tag me or like is this you <laughs> my response to every single one of them there's a 50 50 chance it was because like my adrenaline was absolutely going when because i'm like okay this game's going overtime like and, and it was looking like TV 12 and, and the box were taking it. Cause that uh, Rams offense was just Rams just in general was just deflated. But when he threw that absolute dime, I was like, Oh, Matthew Stafford, love you. Love the guy. And it, I just love the fact that now in prime time, the question marks are around there. He had a tough finish this season and uh, he's putting up some big numbers in a big way during prime time right now. And I think a lot of people are buying into the Matthew Stafford elite quarterback conversation. Cause man, is he good. And that. uh, yeah, I was I was just like that Lions fan jumping around in my basement. I was having a heck of a time. So I'm taking the Rams here over San Francisco. Uh, that uh, that's the most entertaining spiked play ever. Next as clo- next to the uh, who was it um, against San Francisco in the uh, in the first game Dallas when they yeah. ran <laughs> yeah. to the ref. Yeah. Same How thing. could we forget about that? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'll still take the Stafford one. I was more entertained. I had emotional, most emotional investment in that one. Uh, Armin, are you taking this matchup? All right. Uh, you know, I pretty much said it in my first one. Uh, I said Cincinnati's more likely to upset, so clearly I'm taking the Rams. Um, you know, San Fran, they're not going to be an easy out as in the – the or, yeah, San Fran's not going to be an easy out. Um the Rams are going to take this game and it's probably going to be easy for him, but uh, San Fran will fight the whole way. And I could see the Rams maybe being a little beat up and tired and sore after this game, but uh, it's, it's old, like just keep fighting mentality that the, the 49ers have that, that might maybe give them a chance, but uh, in the end, it's just going to cause more pain to the Rams moving into the Super Bowl week. And Zach, who are you taking this one? Uh, I'm also taking the Rams. The only shot the Niners have is if they keep it a low-scoring game. Um, with the injuries they have, I don't think they're they're built to keep up with the Rams offensively. So uh, D'Amico Ryans and that defense, they're going to have to keep it a really low-scoring game, I think. Yeah, and you, people got to remember, too, like the Rams are going to have a chip on their shoulder because they lost to the San Francisco in Week 18. 
San Francisco was winning get in and they beat them in overtime. So I think there's a little bit of chip on the shoulder for, for the Rams and who really didn't have much to play for. You're either, you're winning the division. It was either you're getting second or you're getting fourth. Right. And, and I think that loss actually kind of projected a little bit of fire underneath them and, and catching some big W's, obviously getting to NFC championship, but yeah, I would be, uh, I'd be very, very shocked if San Francisco pulls this one up, but I think we said the same thing about some other upsets so far too. So, <laughs> so I've been wrong before, but my, my emotional investment is, is attached to the Rams at this point. I, I'd love to see Stafford win it all. So um, a little DFS action here. I, I've had a few people actually message us their uh, DFS lineups and, and chirping a little bit at my lineup and how bad I did this week. But uh, one of my buddies, he messaged me, sent me his lineup and we went back and forth talking about it. And he goes, yeah, how was your Tannehill pick? I'm like, uh, not great. It wasn't great. <laughs> I'll be honest, but uh, we had the divisional week winner was Zach with 112 points and 100.12.76. Sorry. Armin with 101.12. And then myself bringing up the rear big time with 87.3. Uh, so unfortunately <laughs> did not do real good in that one either, but uh, we got our DFS here for the championship Sunday. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll kick it off with the quarterbacks. Armin, who are you starting at Q? Um, I'm going to continue rolling with Matthew Stafford. He's, uh, he was hot last week. He threw up a bunch of points. And like I said, San Fran, uh, they're going to be pushing Rams all game long. So I, I predict that Stafford will continue to be involved throwing the ball all, all game long as well. So, um, continue to roll with good old Zach. Maddie Stafford. Oh, sorry. I'm gonna cut you off there. Zach, who are you taking? Give me Pat Mahomes. Give me the best quarterback left in the playoffs. Give me the quarterback with the highest rushing floor and uh, watch him score points. <laughs> oh, I was so tempted, but I wanted to spend my money elsewhere. I went with Matthew Stafford as well, too. Uh, he's lower uh, on the spending. He's the lowest quarterback next to Jimmy Garoppolo uh, for starting quarterbacks. So I went with Stafford because – uh, he's been, he's been continuously, uh, one of the cheapest quarterbacks you can purchase so far in DFS, but he's been complete, been continuously putting up elite numbers and, um, and he's been good to rely on so far. Um, and he's been putting up really good numbers based on his value for DFS. So why not go for him again as the third, uh, the third quarterback, uh, next to obviously Garoppolo for, for price wise. So Matthew Stafford, $7,500. I will uh, lock and load and put my emotional investment with my wallet now too. So uh, Armin, your running backs. All right. Um, I didn't want to spend money on Mixon this week, who was the best running back available. And then Elijah Mitchell is questionable and nicked up a bit. So I decided to continue to roll with acres at $6,200. Um, it's it's tough because I know a lot of people are probably questioning it after two fumbles, especially two costly fumbles. Um, so I'm hoping they they continue to trust him. They they trusted him his whole career so far. I don't think they're going to give up on him yet. Uh, and he hasn't had a case of the fumbles until this point. So um, I think he'll be getting the ball back this week, hopefully. And then my second running back, I went with Ceh. Um, he was really cheap. And Cincinnati has a real bad run defense. Um, and he is the guy handling more of the handoffs right now. Um, he's a little bit cheaper than Jarek McKinnon, actually, who is the guy I was going to target. 
um, because he has been getting those uh, PPR points. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm happy with uh, CEH at his price point, uh, $5,700, giving me um, potentially some goal line carries and, and some good production on the ground against a weak run defense. Uh, we got some look, it looks like a little bit of interesting situations here. I was looking at our lineups and there's a lot of, uh, a lot of similarity, or at least I guess the, the positional similarities here, but, um, Zach, who do you have uh, for your running backs? So everything that Armin said about, uh, acres, same, um, $6,200 and those, the top backs were, uh, either injured or just out of my out of my price range, and uh, I knew I wanted a a KC running back, um, and I went with McKinnon. I thought watching the game on Sunday when McKinnon was on the field, it just seemed like the offense moved a little bit better. Uh, he had ten, 10 rush attempts, uh, only twenty four rush yards, but he really chipped in uh, with the receiving game. Seven targets, five receptions, good for fifty four yards. So I think McKinnon might be a sneaky play. I am a little anxious about uh, CEH uh, working his way back into that rotation, but hopefully I can sneak this out with McKinnon. I, um, I'm similar, I guess, in the sense. I went with uh, Clyde, Edwards, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, uh, my guy. I didn't really pan out this, uh, this season, but um, – I, I was actually same as Armin. I was looking at McKinnon. I thought that was an interesting play, but I did not think McKinnon was going to be more expensive than Clyde. So I do like Clyde more than McKinnon. Um, but the price difference was quite drastic. It's 6,200 compared to 5,700. So I took the keeper option in the Kansas City backfield. And then Sony Michelle, I took him at 5,300, which I was very, very surprised to see that Acres was $900, still more expensive than Sony Michelle. Um, I'm taking the arguments that Ar- Armin kind of proposed and utilizing those, obviously, in my situation. I didn't want to spend much in my running back situation. And in my mind, this could go 50-50. This can go either Acres uh, revenge tour, and they just kind of build some confidence and keep getting to pound the ball, or they lost complete confidence when the game was on the line. They just about gave it to Tampa Bay, uh, and they bring it back to Sony Michelle, who's been very viable for them this, this season. So it's a gamble. But when you don't have to spend a lot of money, I mean, you could spend 53 on a wide receiver. It's a gamble, right? $5,300 is a gamble regardless. So I'm interested in taking the gamble that very well could pay out, which is why I'm taking Sony Michelle at $5,300. It's This is one that could blow up my face, but I mean, a $5,300 wide receiver could blow up my face as well. And I and I wanted to spend quite a bit of my money in the wide receiver room anyway. So I, I'm going with Clyde Edwards Alert at 5700 and Sony Michelle at $5,300. Uh, Armand, your wide receivers, you want to share those? Yeah. Um, back to running backs for a second. There just wasn't value there this week. Okay. Like it's no, it's tough sledding. The only, only true blue RB that's a guy that you would normally always pick is Mixon, and we're predicting him to be in a bad situation this week. So I had Elijah Mitchell pegged in there too, actually, but he was like seven, he was $7,000. So quite a bit more expensive than the most. And in his nicked up, right? And and against that Rams defense, it was like, well, I mean, there, somebody's going to score for San Francisco, but do I want to try and hope that he scores for 7,000? So I ended up kind of bailing out. And I just think the yeah. value is there for the other two running backs, whether, whoever it is, whether two teams, I guess, the two teams running backs, whichever one you choose, there's value to be had there, I think, for sure. I agree. All right, to the wide receivers. I really wanted to find a way that I could get cup. Hill and Chase 
I couldn't figure it out. Couldn't find a way to work magic on, on this DFS lineup <laughs> to have those guys and still have viable options at RB and flex and everything. Um, so I ended up taking cup and Hill um, because I wanted the, the receivers for the teams that I think are going to win rather than the receiver for a team that I think is going to lose. So Chase ended up on the, uh, on the cutting block for me and uh, I took cup and Hill. And then for my third receiver, Oh, again, uh, cup is $9,700 Hill is $8,100. So spending quite a bit on those two. Um, and then my third is Tyler Boyd at uh, $5,800. He was kind of um, after I did uh, did my tight end as well in my defense um, and then my mixing my flex with my third wide receiver. It's kind of all I could afford. Um, again, I, I went with him last week. He could, he's a boomer bust kind of guy. Um, so high, high ceiling, but very low floor. Zach. Let's uh, let's hear yours. So again, kind of like Armand, um, I knew I wanted uh, Hill and I knew I wanted Chase in my lineup. So those were the first two guys I actually put into my lineup. Um, I love the idea of stacking Hill uh, with Mahomes to get a, probably a pretty big chunk of that Casey passing game. Um, and then I do think with Chase uh, going for $8,000, um, it's, it's pretty expensive, but again, I think, uh, that game should be a shootout. So I think there's going to be opportunities, uh, for points to be scored. And then I did take a nice little, well, at least what I think is a nice little value play on, uh, Odell Beckham, uh, 6,300, um, watching the past couple of Rams games, he's been involved quite a bit there and, um, they use them all over the field and, and he can pass just like booby miles, uh, his uncle once said. <laughs> So those are my three receivers, Hill, Chase, and, and Odell. Well, I think we I took a similar similar philosophy, just plugging different players in. I knew I wanted Cup, and I knew I wanted Hill. And then it was just trying to figure out who I wanted in that uh, three position. And I knew I wanted a Cincinnati option. So originally I had pegged in Boyd, and I spent up a little bit more in my flex spot not realizing I'm only allowed to have four players from the same team. So I had five Rams. <laughs> so I had to reconfigure here when I pressed save. And it actually ended up working out my favor because I found out some sneaky options and, and reconfigure. I found out a little bit of a lineup that I kind of liked. So uh, Cooper Cup was somebody I, I wanted locked in. I want that Matthew Stafford stack. And I uh, for Cooper Cup 9,700, I plugged him in. Then same, I wanted Tyree Kill. I think for, for what he can produce, he's actually kind of sneaky cheap in comparison to some of those top end. Um, like I expected him to be a lot more. I expect him to be more in the Cooper Cup range. So for 8,100, uh, I put Tyree Kill in there as well. And um, in the KC defense, they're going to plan to take away Jamar Chase. He's a big play guy, big body, and obviously a guy that, um, that Burrow relies on heavily. So I thought it's really sneaky to be able to take T. Higgins at $6,400. I think T Higgins has just as big of an opportunity to put up a huge week as does chase. You've seen that in the regular season T Higgins puts up a week of four touchdowns and 200 yards. Then chase puts up four touchdowns and 200 yards the next week. Right. So it can, either one can have that big week. So I'm going to take the discount uh, of T Higgins at 64 in comparison to, to 8,000 at Jamar chase. Um, so I rounded out with actually a really, really, what I think is a really solid wide receiver core of Cooper cup at 97 
Tyree Kill at 81, and T. Higgins at 64. So uh, I, I'm relying heavily on my wide receiver core. Not like Armin tried to get Chase in there. I couldn't quite get that far, but T. Higgins is a nice, uh, a nice con or a little, uh, little I guess, um, secondary prize. You see, when I I couldn't get Chase in there, I was trying to figure out a way to get Higgins in there too. Um, but uh, same idea as you have, right? With Casey probably t- wanting to take away Chase, um, but. I didn't want to dig in deep as a barrel as you did on my flex. So I went really cheap at the running back position to make this happen. And my flex is a real, real gamble too. So we'll get there in a yeah. short little bit. Uh, you want to share your flex, Armin? Or your tight end, tight end, tight end and flex. Go back to back. Go back to back. All right. So my tight end, much like you guys with your wide receiver, where you locked in two guys right away. I locked this guy in right as soon as I opened it up. Uh, I went Travis Kelsey again. Uh, out of the tight ends available and the matchups, you know, you can kind of consider Kittle on this one, but um, maybe actually talk thinking about it now and what we've been talking about with that uh, San Fran offense being nicked up, maybe Kittle would be the play. I'm going to stick with Kelsey, but um, he's the guy that you know is going to get you points and at tight end, you can't, uh, can't go wrong with Kelsey. Zach. Uh, so at tight end, just like Armin, uh, spending up for, for Kelsey, but I'm also completing the, the KC stack with Mahomes, McKinnon, Hill, and Kelsey. Um, if this game is anything like Sunday, I'll be doing just fine. But if uh, the Bengals are able to slow down the Chiefs, um, I don't think uh, OBJ is going to take me to victory, if that makes sense. So <laughs> it's a boomer bust for me. And then at flex, uh, I took uh, Tyler Higby, 5,500. Um, I did have Byron Pringle, another chief in there uh, for the same price, but much like Jordan, uh, FanDuel doesn't like people having fun and they put a limit on the amount of players from the same <laughs> team. So had to go for Higby. Oh, sorry. I forgot to do my flex. I went Higby as well, just like last time. There you Kelsey go. Higby stack. Zach did it for you. Yeah, and that complete, completes my Ram stack of Stafford, Akers, Cup, and Higby. I um I went Kelsey as well, too. I just didn't want to play around with it. Uh, last week, I took a gamble at a bargain bin tight end, and it put me up a goose egg, and maybe I'm tilting, maybe I'm not. I don't know, but I want the weapons from Kansas City. So I got Hill, and I got Kelsey. Uh, arguably, they're two uh, best players on that offense. So I'm happy with that at 7,700 for Kelsey. And then this is a sneaky flex. Um, he had a really interesting regular season, especially complete uh, in the, towards the completion of the regular season. Um, last week against San Francisco, or sorry, for San Francisco against um, Green Bay, a bit of a weathery game. Uh, there wasn't much passing offense at all from Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, so he only got, I think, one, one reception for like nine yards or something like that. But it's going to be really nice in Los Angeles, obviously. Um, so I imagine that uh, they're going to have to pass the ball a little bit more, especially to be coming from behind against the Rams. So I took Juwan Jennings, wide receiver from San Francisco. He's very, very cheap at only $4,900, which allowed me the opportunity to stack up big time of wide receivers. And he's a sneaky play for somebody that's been involved in that offense uh, towards down the stretch. And now with uh, pot- potentially um, an injured Debo Samuel, they're going to have to heavily rely on somebody else. We've seen Brandon Ayuk do that in the past, but uh, Brandon Ayuk costs quite a bit more money than that. So Juwan Jennings, a guy that has done it this season and can uh, can sneak into that lineup and maybe uh, produce a little bit. 
Uh, maybe I'm trying to find a little bit of gold while sifting there in the Creek. So I'm hoping, <laughs> hoping Juwan Jennings can uh, sustain a little bit of uh, a little bit of points there against Los Angeles Rams. So I took him for $4,900. Didn't he have a huge week, like a few weeks ago, like near the end of the season, it was either that game against the Rams or it was the game against the Cowboys. If I remember correctly, he had a pretty good week. Yeah. I like remember what it was. It was down the stretch. He had a huge week. Yeah. Uh, last one we got is our defenses. Armin, uh, who's your defense? All right. I went with the Chiefs defense. I know we've been saying it could be a shootout, um, but uh, that Chiefs defense is a little bit cheaper than the Rams, and it's one of the teams we're going to predict. So I'd rather have a defense that we're predicting is going to win the game. Um, and, you know, maybe the pressure finally gets to Burrow and the Chiefs pick them off a, a time or two, or maybe they get pressure up on on that Chiefs or on that uh young or Bengals old line um so let's uh let's just hope and and pray but i'd rather get a little bit out of my defense this week than uh try and take the the Bengals who are probably going to be stomped uh zach who'd you take <laughs> i took the Bengals who are hopefully going to get stomped they were the only defense i could afford so so you took a lot of Casey weapons and then Cincinnati's defense. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully there's like a pick six or something, I guess, in there or something <laughs> or, or a punt return that doesn't cost against Kansas yeah. City. Honestly, if this was like regular uh, fantasy, I might just not start a defense. Like don't, <laughs> don't want to have to play one, but I got it. So yeah, got to play Cincinnati with the cards. Yeah. I, uh, I paid up. I went for the Rams, um, hence taking quite a bit cheaper options elsewhere. Um, I ended up still having only two, I still had $200 left over, but uh, I took the Rams defense at $4,500. Um, that KC Cincinnati game, I'm hoping it's a shootout. I think it's going to be a shootout. So I didn't really want defenses in that game because they could just as well cost you negative points. Uh, but the Rams have an opportunity, I think, to really give San Francisco a lick. And uh, they have a banged up offense, uh, running games injured, pass games injured. So they have an opportunity to not only really hold them to minimal points, but um, I think the Rams have scored in both games now defensively. So uh, I might be mistaken on that, but regardless, the Rams have looked really, really good defensively in the past two games. So I'm paying up for them um, mostly because I just don't want any pieces from the other game. And, um, and yeah, so hopefully, hopefully they can hold their own and hopefully they give San Francisco a beat down. So that wraps up our teams here uh, in order. I will share our, our teams quickly here. We got, uh, Armin's team with Matthew Stafford, Kyle Edwards Alaire, uh, Cam Akers, Tyreek Hill, Tyler Boyd, Cooper Cup, Travis Kelsey, Tyler Higby, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Then we have Zach with Patrick Mahomes, Jarek McKinnon, Cam Akers, Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase, Odell Beckham Jr., Travis Kelsey, Tyler Higby, and the Cincinnati Bengals. And coming up in the rear, uh, we have my team, Matthew Stafford. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Sony Michelle, Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, T. Higgins, Travis Kelsey, Juwan Jennings, and the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, so that wraps up our DFS lineups for the championship week. Uh, sorry, championship weekend here on Sunday. Uh, we'll see who ends up on top on this one. If, uh, if Zach ends up last place, Armin winning, I finish second. We are a dead draw going into Super Bowl Sunday. So, so anything's possible here coming down the stretch. Um, I guess if we don't have anything else to add here, fellas, that'll do it for episode number 38. Uh, we are just a couple weeks away from the Super Bowl. We got another big charity opportunity, like I mentioned. 
And uh, we've got some big things coming down the pipeline. So make sure that you're paying attention to social media and uh, make sure that you're, uh, you don't miss out on these big opportunities. So uh, I guess on behalf of uh, Zach, on behalf of Armin and the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast here, that'll do it for episode number 38. Thanks for listening. Take care, everybody. Talk soon. Mm-hmm.